on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. Radio Newark. Whoa, Portugal the man. I love that. I do that at Zumba, actually. So, hi. So, taking over the desk for the second hour, this is Rosin Palmer. And I'd like to welcome immediately our guest in the studio, who we've been chatting to a bit, haven't we, Rachel? And this is Cathy Meller. So, hi, Cathy. Hello. Welcome to the studio very much. So, you're an... Am I pronouncing this right? Oracy? Oracy. Oracy. I should have (laughs) realised. Oracy. You're an Oracy consultant, can you tell us what oracy is all about? Yes, uh, the word oracy is actually being coined to try and position it with words that we're familiar with, which are literacy and numeracy. So I guess we all understand that literacy is expressing yourself well in writing and that numeracy is numbers. But what about the spoken word? And oracy is uh, uh, being able to move your agenda forward well using spoken language, which is really how we do it all the time well yeah here we are, here we are today yeah. we're obviously communicating with everybody out there yeah um hi everybody and yes i suppose radio is one of the most wonderful things and I, i've always been a fan of radio because you always feel like you have a friend in the room um and obviously that is all about communication but so many people struggle don't they i mean it's interesting because i don't know if people know that um radio new york is it's in the Uh, premises of a school effectively and we were talking earlier about you know some of the the real struggles when you're a child I mean as a hypnotherapist I see a lot of people who have problems speaking because of those awful childhood memories of being forced to stand up in front of the class and say something and they absolutely hated it they felt humiliated they were like I'm never doing that again is that something you're passionate about Kathy? Oh absolutely Um, in my working life I work with uh, all ages of people and I see so many people crucified by lack of confidence in uh, communication settings whether that's a meeting going to a club or going to an activity for the first time their biggest fear isn't the activity it's um, engaging with new people and um, because we do that using speech and for children it's particularly excruciating I think we've perhaps all had that experience of being told on Monday morning, you're going to be speaking about the Nile, um, giving a presentation uh, without any tools given to you to be able to do it. It's a bit like me asking you to swim 25 metres by saying I'm going to throw you in a pool on Monday morning. Um, so the fear of, of, of engaging in speech, whether it's one-to-one in a, a group setting or on a stage, is actually the world's biggest phobia. I don't yeah. know if you knew that. Oh, I, well, yeah, <laughs> funny, funny enough, phobia. as a hypnotherapist, I do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so it, it's, there's an old joke that at the average funeral, um, people, they're more scared of speaking than of dying. So uh, <laughs> they'd rather actually be in the coffin than giving the eulogy. Well, I suppose that's so, why. Do they, call it, do they call it corpsing if you forget yeah. your lines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. An actor or actress. Yeah. So yeah. effectively, it's like dying, isn't so it's it, in that It's an extremely common fear, and it's an extremely common anxiety for everybody. Um, and I guess my own view, as I've gone through my working life, has been to realise that the reason it is, is we're simply not taught it. Mm-hmm. It's because we can speak, it's assumed we can all communicate well. It's like saying, because I can mark, make a mark with a pencil on a paper, I can write a novel. 
Well, and clearly that's not the case. So. It's really interesting because I, I, I struggle to relate to this because I've always <laughs> loved meeting new people and talking to people. But from a very young age, because my mother was an actress, I was at speech and drama lessons. Mm. So from a very, very young age, and I'm talking about five or six, I was mm. taught how to communicate and given lots and lots of, of tools. Um, interestingly, at the school we are recording in at the moment, Barnby Road School, from a very young age, the kids here are given a short amount of time at the start of the school day to bring an object in and talk about it. And they can volunteer to do that. So they're not forced. It's, it's called show and tell. Mm, mm. Um, I'm sure many of our listeners will be familiar with it. But I think that's lovely that kids today in in schools are encouraging um, children oh, yeah. to talk about something that they're passionate about and when feel they want comfortable to as well and that's not, a great not introduction pressed. to be able to do it and show and tell um, especially in the younger years of school is really common but it, it it probably shock you to know that the scientific research that's been done on speaking in schools tells us that the average child in a classroom in Britain speaks for an average in a day of two minutes Shocking. within class time um, and this is particularly acute at secondary school mm. so just at the time when our children are developing into young adults and needing to be able to express themselves in all sorts of ways in terms of their mental health and well-being um, they're basically silent and they're not being heard, and our classrooms are, are silent um, and the content driven curriculum that exists at the moment is just driving children to be essentially silent vessels whilst teachers teach from the front harassed into huge volumes of content where we know that active discussion is not only a way a great way of learning and embedding mm. knowledge but it's clearly um, imbuing you with all the skills that you were fortunate enough to mm. have through your speech and drama as a child yeah me too as well because actually i i was very ill as a child and a lot of it was quite asthmatic -y. and so my parents sent me for elocution lessons <laughs> um really to help me with breathing to help me breathe to help me be able to to speak without wheezing to help me to be able to express myself i think also because i'd fallen a little bit behind and obviously i've gone on certainly um in my former career in pr particularly and also as a therapist because a lot of it is talking really to use that ability but when i think about it yes i was trained i was taught so Absolutely. i think this is something we can really come back to and hear more of from you kathy because it's fascinating i'm sure a lot of people out there are really relating yeah. and maybe want to know how they can really help their children absolutely so and we'll, them, indeed themselves absolutely I, I work with adults all the time so crucified by the fear of being uh, put in a social setting um or indeed actually i also work with uh, boardrooms of senior managers who simply want to lead their teams well because you don't lead a team by sending out memos. <laughs> uh, you lead a team by using uh, your spoken language appropriately with people. And so I work with senior managers in corporate life to ensure they get the best out of their teams by relating well to other people. So I'm sure there's people out there, and women as well, who maybe are in the workplace and aren't feeling able to speak up. We'll have lots of really great tips for all of them after a very appropriate song, given that we were speaking about the children. 
Welcome back, and um, you're joined in the studio today by me, Rosalind Palmer, our guest, Kathy Meller, and Rachel Ripper. And we've been talking um, about the importance of really treating communication and speaking as a skill and not just something to be taken for granted. And I think it must be particularly hard as well for, for anybody who doesn't feel able to speak up because we're bombarded, aren't we, all the time with people on the television and and YouTube and everything. And everybody seems to be so confident, don't they, about speaking. And, and obviously it doesn't come naturally to everybody. And Kathy, uh, you and I were talking earlier, and um, as an adoptive mum, as also with children who sometimes come from more disadvantaged backgrounds, I was very keen to know how do you overcome that? Um, well, I think there's, there's, there's a lot in your question there, and if I could just start with really saying that speaking and the use of spoken language is a massive lever of social mobility. So I'm passionate about that. As you say, I'm an adoptive mum and um, very proud of my adopted daughters. And their journey has involved me listening. We've been talking so far Mm -hmm. about speaking, but communication in the round is also about listening and uh, listening well to other people. So giving children um, permission uh, to speak in full and really listening to children is in my view fundamental to their progress and indeed to all our progress as human beings so it's um it's been a really big part of their development that they've been given space and time to express their view uh, there's a famous saying Oscar Wilde said be yourself everyone else is already taken oh I use that yeah. all the time and you see it don't you clients. and actually yeah. I've noticed there's a sort of trend isn't there for sort of wearing affirmations on bracelets, oh, yes, on, well, on uh, yeah, Rachel and having and them I on walls. We're comparing and, ours. So yeah. mine, mine says, "All I need is within me." Right. Um, which was something that my mother really put into me and also true to their own self be thou that was something I really grew up with. And yours, Rachel? Mine reads, "Appear as you are, be as you appear." Oh, yes, it's interesting, isn't it? Like so it. both of both of your. Um, chosen ones sort of reflect um, a, a desire which is within, within us all to be our authentic selves mm. and my experience working with adults and with children is that if somebody who you respect in your case it was your mum and mm-hmm. um, and it's often these things are often given to us by parents um, if somebody who's a role model in your life is telling you those things then that you're so worthy mm. and and your beliefs are going to be strong and carry you forward whoever you are mm. and you can bet shine your light in the world then you've got a gift there because you go forward with that belief lots of people don't have that in Absolutely. their life yeah i mean i'm very much into the the tag i am enough i mean i have it written on my mirrors um it's something i i suggest to people just knowing that you're enough and also everybody else is taken so be the best you you can be absolutely it's a great message absolutely i'd just like to make everybody else feel better which is to say on friday i had an absolute meltdown And I was in tears and I was having a total midlife crisis and saying to my husband, I don't know what the next 30 years is for me. Welcome to experience. 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 
that bracelet with that statement is it's an aspirational thing yes. you know because I do feel quite often a dissonance between mm. what I project and actually how I feel yeah. internally and you know we've got lots well, of often, listeners out there yeah. and you know yeah. don't if your feet are sat there thinking there's three confident women sat in the studio I can Absolutely. certainly tell you not there's one of them sat here <laughs> should we wow. compete for the biggest meltdown yeah. that'd be great well, I've, I've, got a, I've got a book coming out later in the year so trust me I bear all all in that oh, <laughs> and, and i know are. that even when i was in pr you know a lot of the time you put a mask on you know and a lot of seemingly very confident people actors comedians yeah. particularly are actually very shy people but well it's I'm, a really interesting point about acting because you mentioned about speech and drama and i also have a passion for acting and i'm involved very much locally in uh, in that world uh, but i'm also by training a scientist and i've noticed a real there's a real uh, dissonance was the word you use there's a difference between it in the fact that when you're acting of course you are walking in somebody else's shoes and that for me is is a great gift of acting it develops empathy uh, but what acting doesn't do is enable you to be yourself and i recently saw a film of judy dench um giving a, an acting masterclass so I was interested in it for myself for my own development but she walked on saying I've just done the most difficult thing that it's possible to do I've walked onto this stage as myself mm. absolutely now that's I Judy mean, Dench so totally. you know hey people out there it is really <laughs> yeah. uh, it's for Without everybody it's one of our biggest challenges is to just be comfortable in our own skin and connect to other people actually showing them something of ourselves because we tend to hide behind all sorts of uh, bits and bobs costume you know what we choose to put on all those things they go out we go out into the world with that and i think that um being able to speak authentically as yourself is just a a great thing to aspire to to use your words i think that's so true and and i think that's why somebody even like beyonce has sasha fierce you know she has like this persona doesn't she so i'm really interested to know in a moment and we're going to go to a really great song which is i suppose really appropriate because it talks about rhythm and a lot of speech is about rhythm isn't it and everything we do um about what if you're a naturally quiet person but we'll um just have a quick break and then we'll be back with you for That'd this great. great and i hope everybody at home is really relating to this so if you're a naturally quiet person we're going to have some great tips for you coming up back in the studio and Kathy, we were saying um what if you're a naturally quiet person what would your tips be for that well first of all i'd like to say to naturally quiet people that's great it's okay to be naturally quiet it's a lovely gift you're probably a fantastic listener um and therefore you'll be a very great communicator um, so what I'm, what we're speaking about here isn't about being noisy you talked earlier on the you know the world's full on the television of exuberant quite loudly confident people um i want to make it clear it's extremely extremely important that naturally quiet people realize that's still confidence that's not a terrible thing um, and you talked earlier on about top tips and really it's going to possibly be a more of a surprise i wonder how you feel about this rachel but it's about concentrating on the other person that's my top tip the tip for anybody and naturally quiet or otherwise is that great communicators ask great questions of other people and then they listen to the answers so this isn't about shouting about and being exuberant or loud this is about really connecting 
with other people now if that's one-to-one that can be now we've only just met so that can be one-to-one it's listening to each other on our own life experience or it could be in a team meeting where you're actively asking everyone to make a contribution and ensuring that everyone does because usually that quiet person had the best idea and we've all been in meetings where the real meeting then happened in the corridor because (laughs) everybody spoke at the meeting so that's a chairing skill and then to an audience when you're going one step up if you're speaking with an audience it's about having the ability to connect to an audience as we're doing now hopefully speaking to you in your home uh, that we're connecting with you as an individual so it's about really asking good questions and enabling that other person to speak to you and taking that thread up Um, but what if you are a very naturally quiet person you have some really great ideas let's say you're in work environment yeah and you don't have a great supervisor or boss who hasn't been either trained through you or in any other method to really involve you and they tend to just listen to the people who shout the loudest in each meeting and you go in and you mean to speak but you feel shut down what would your tips be for that person i think that the the um person who's experiencing that needs to essentially preempt it prior to going in the meeting um you know if, if that were me and i've been in that situation i've been in that situation i think many women who've worked in male dominated environments have been in that situation regularly where their idea has simply been sidelined or shut down um, and it's about being understanding the protocols of communication to such an extent that you might say to that chair of that meeting prior to going in i've had some thoughts about this i'd welcome the opportunity for five minutes to share that um, and to simply do that see it as sharing don't see it as speaking see it as sharing your ideas and 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 create yourself that opportunity uh, it would take a very very difficult boss to say actually you know that's not at all appropriate to bring that great idea to the meeting <laughs> i think that would be really unusual for somebody not allow you to do that and in a home environment let's go back to children yes. again how do you bring the best out of your children how do you make them confident communicators and feel that you really are listening to them well i think this is about it it's about habit forming things so there's loads often spoken about now about how we don't sit down together at meal times and we don't you know share things in that way so really as parents it's kind of beholden on us to create opportunities for talk uh, now that doesn't necessarily have to be at a meal time but talking and listening is good we know that children who uh, speak in the home and are asked their opinion about things that matter to them are a full three quarters of a year ahead academically they wow. are that more engaged in life in general i have yet to meet i know we've mentioned about naturally quiet people but i work with both adults and children and i'm yet to meet a quiet person when asked about something they're keen on mm. they've got lots to say no they I have know. lots I realize, to say yeah, absolutely so it's about as adults when you're the adult in that equation tapping in and saying for instance you know what do you feel about but here's a great top tip we know that more talk is produced from a statement than a question i think that's because we all worry about getting a question wrong 
So if I was to say to you, Roz, what do you think about local radio and how, how well it does in the community, what a great service it provides, you may worry about having a right or wrong answer. But if I said to you just a statement like this, local radio is better because it reaches the local community. And then do you agree, do you disagree or why? we're far more likely to give that opinion. So my kids love when we have at tea time, because we do sit around a table as it happens, um, although it briefly, we just put on the table a statement. Do you agree or disagree and why? And then you discuss that. All You're opinions kind of having are a valid. Family debate. All opinions are valid and listened to from all sides. I'm going to try that, and I have to say, I have to confess, and it works in meetings too. I have. We as a family, we've slipped into having uh, our supper in front of the telly, mm. which I swore I would never do, and that's about busy lives and downtime is. and you know kids' yeah. activities. But I regret that we've done that so i'm going to go back to having um supper even if it's at the counter top in the kitchen or at the table where do you get your statements from from your head from your own head from your own amazing fizzing brains girls right. okay. I, might, I, might actually get, I might actually get my son to come up with a statement yeah. that might be better they're good and yes. i think i think you'll find them really easy to do and most mm. of us enjoy that we like a good chat we love mm. talking about stuff so uh, but a, um, a, a, a statement produces far more because it doesn't assume one side or other is right well Here's a statement. I think that a lot of what we're talking about isn't just to do with talking, but it's to do with feeling. And our next record coming up is called Just That. So stay tuned and we'll be back with more on this really fascinating subject. Thanks, Cathy. Welcome back to Girls Around Town with me, Rosalind Palmer. And in the studio, we have the watchful eye of June Rowlands, who I'm very glad is very near me, as I only really had my desk training very recently. We have Rachel Pepper and our guest, Kathy Meller. And we were talking about interviews, and I'd like to expand it slightly because um, I know my own son, he, he sometimes doesn't seem to get the promotions he should get at work, I feel, and maybe stand up for himself himself a little bit more so i think any situation where it's an interview or where you're being put on the spot people do find terrifying don't they kathy absolutely and because the stakes are high aren't they um in an interview situation uh you there's something that you're a goal you're trying to achieve and that's what's at stake during that time and also there's this sort of element of being judged i guess isn't there in an interview situation and uh but as human beings, we give each other very little time to make that first impression. Very little time. How long do you think we get? I think, it's, isn't it something like about five, ten seconds? I would say so, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's of the order. We're kind, aren't we, to each other? Not We're really. We're awful, aren't we? Terrible. We make those judgments, Absolutely. Um, and actually, one of the things we have, we've spoken about listening and we've spoken about speaking, um, but one of the main ways in which we communicate, we haven't touched on, and that's our body language. And our body language drives huge amounts of what other people receive from us. So it's been proven, for instance, that in those few seconds that people are making a first impression, your body language is essentially the method by which you're communicating at that point. And it is indeed the dominant method by which we all communicate. So how, so, I'm going to ask you a question because yeah, I picked up on a newspaper article at the weekend or the weekend before where they were showing all pictures of like Theresa May and like the 
<laughs> members of the parliament and they they've got this kind of stance, stance. where they have their legs yeah. like really o- and it looks very unnatural <laughs> so how do you yeah, do good positive body language I just it's feel like someone natural. should be bursting into song if they if they do that stance there was some great line in Bridget Jones diary where she was fearful of them bursting into musical theatre whenever a man put his legs apart like that he was going to burst into sort of L.A. Miss style rendition um, but again and the, the, the real key to it is connection it's simple personal connection um, and I think those are, people often use the word self-conscious don't they and that is essentially exactly what it's describing but what we're trying to do is connect with the other person so when you're feeling self-conscious you've got your attention on the wrong person mm. you've got your attention on yourself well, I, attention should be on that other person yeah I always say to my son that you know your job and he's 12 he's coming up for 12 I say you know your job in a social setting is to make the other person feel comfortable absolutely so you know look them in the eye put a great big smile on your face and if you don't know them stick your hand up out to shake their hand and shake it absolutely and at least you know you've done the right thing and you're trying to make them feel comfortable that's right and if you can concentrate on them the dynamic changes mm. entirely um, it takes everything off you they feel comfortable you start to feel comfortable with them and the spiral goes up when it's awkward it's because the dynamic isn't right between the two mm. of you and so in it, this is really pertinent to interviews because those first few seconds we've already established of feeling comfortable with someone is really important to enable you both to relax i don't think people realize the interviewer is usually nervous mm. <laughs> so if people had to literally walk in that room and remember let's say two things what mm-hmm. would you say to them i would say it's really important to smile as Rachel has said and it's really important to beam out does that make sense mm. that you're giving out to the other person some in your in the way you approach them in your energy in the way you use your body as you move forward you approach them as if you're really pleased to meet them great yeah. and people love that people yes. love people who love people you don't will they? find people warm to that so again we have such a perfect song coming up which is what can i say by boz skaggs and i've loved being in the hot seat for the moment i'm going to hop on over to one of the other microphones and leave um the end of the show in the trusted hands of june but we'll be back with you kathy because i'm sure people really want to know how they can get hold of you and learn more about this fascinating topic thank you so much it's been a pleasure we love-